How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Episode 2 of the Idaho Sports Prep Cast presented by Project Filter. My name is Sven Elskog, and we'd like to welcome in an IdahoSports.com broadcaster and my former broadcast partner in eastern Idaho. He's the current editor-in-chief of the Idaho State University student newspaper, The Bangle, and a diehard Denver Broncos fan, Lucas Gebhardt. How you doing? All right, pretty good, Sven. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on the PrepCast. We figured you'd be a good guy to bring on the show here today. You were at the Declo at Aberdeen game last week, and boy, an early season matchup between the number one and number two ranked teams in the state in the most recent two-way media poll. That game won 22-14 by Declo. Lots of things to talk about in that game, of course. The big one being the return of Boise State commit Keegan Duncan after he was banged up a little bit in that first game against Sugar Salem. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good game between those two. Declo uh, was behind 14 nothing early in that game, and then the Hornets ended up scoring 22 unanswered points to come back and win that thing. But yeah, the, the story obviously going into that week was uh, the status of Keegan Duncan and what his availability would be like. And we heard throughout the week that you know, he was probably going to play. We weren't really sure until we got to the field and actually saw him in warm-ups warming up with his team. We got a chance to talk to Declo coach Kelly Kidd uh, before the game started as well. And you know he told us that he's going to be starting and pretty much business as usual for Keegan Duncan last week. And that's pretty much what he did. I actually thought that Aberdeen did a fairly good job of containing him as much as you can contain a guy like Keegan Duncan. Uh, did rip off an 85-yard touchdown, which gave Declo the lead with about seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, there was another big play he had. He was actually lined up as a receiver, and they hit him on a fly route down the sideline on just – I mean, you you want to talk about that? You can't talk about Declo without talking about McCabe or Shears as well. He had an outstanding game, and that just adds a little bit of a wrinkle to that Declo offense. It just makes them that much harder to defend. You know, I think everybody there in Aberdeen was excited to see Keegan Duncan on the field, except for the Aberdeen coaching staff and the players. Is boy, that is the last person that you want to have to game plan for, and. They almost got out of it, but not quite, as he is a fast healer. It was good to see him back out there last week. And as you mentioned, an 85-yard touchdown run with 7.03 left in the third quarter was the big difference maker as Declo trailed in that one 14 to nothing early in the game. So nice comeback win for Declo. They've got another big challenge coming up this week against a pretty good Kimberly football team that blew out Snake River in their opener and knocked off American Falls last week as well. So you know, another fun matchup, 2A through 3A. As you see those 2A and 3A cross-classification matchups early in the season a lot, and it just seems like they're only so wide open, could go either way. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of these games that they've had the last couple weeks, Marsh Valley uh, coming down from 3A to play Westside this week as well. I mean, they're not totally uncommon to see 3A, 2A matchups just as it's not uncommon to see 4a 5a across classification games as well and you never really know what you're going to get with them uh, i tend to give the when it's kind of a tiebreaker i tend to go with the higher classification when i'm trying to do game picks and things like that but i mean you just never really know typically you get uh, one of these top up like lower classifications like a deck low coming up and uh, playing a 3a school or you get one of the top 4A schools like a Skyline coming up and playing kind of a middle-of-the-road 5A team. You just never really know what you get with those games as you pretty much have week in, week out here with Idaho high school football. 
Yeah, and we take a look at some other classifications, what stood out in week two of the high school football season. The only game featuring a 5A school that was decided by less than 10 points was Madison's win at home against 4A Hillcrest. Big win there for Madison. Six seconds left in the game. Bobcat quarterback Jordan Porter connected on an 11-yard touchdown pass to Mason McWhorter to tie the game. And kicker Spencer Hathaway put in the extra point to give Madison a 21-20 win. You had an opportunity to see that Hillcrest team in the Rocky Mountain Rumble, their victory over Star Valley, Wyoming. That is a real good non-conference win for Madison. And they've got to be considered one of the teams that can make a deep run at the 5A classification this season. Yeah, I think both teams, both Madison and Hillcrest, are going to be very dangerous teams coming down the stretch, particularly Hillcrest. I mean, we all know how good Madison is going to be. They could throw the ball with pretty much anyone in the state. I think their defense will be good enough to put them right there at the end. But, yeah, I got a chance to see Hillcrest in the Rocky Mountain Rumble, and Sven, they're just going to run it down your throat. They line up in that power eye formation, and their philosophy is basically, hey, we're going to run a 22 dive. You can put your linebacker in the A-gap all you want, but we're still going to run it there, try to stop it. That's kind of their philosophy with that. So, And to, for Hillcrest last week, to be right there against Madison, who was the top five team in the 5A coming into last week in the media poll, I mean, that, that's got to be a big morale boost for uh, Hillcrest moving forward. Hillcrest is going to be a very good team in the 4A this year, I think. And another Eastern Idaho team that you had an opportunity to see in the Rocky Mountain Rumble last weekend was Highland, led by quarterback Kobe Tracy. Well, he went out and had another great performance on Thursday against Ridgeline, Utah. 20-26 passing for 254 yards and four touchdowns. I think Highland and Madison is the matchup that everybody wants to circle over there for 5A District 5-6 conference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of the way it is for most of the years, year in, year out. Those two just seem to have regardless of what sport it is, you know, basketball, football, they always tend to have some pretty good matchups. But, yeah, I actually got a chance to see Highland uh, last week as well. as uh, They they were the nightcap in my Thursday game. Uh, we didn't get to broadcast that one, unfortunately, on IdahoSports.com. But uh, we were there for Mountain Home, Pocatello, and then Highland was playing right after that. So I got a chance to see the first half of Highland and their win last week. And, man, their offense with Kobe Tracy, it's just clicking, clicking, clicking. I mean, that he, the maturity level that he has brought over that offseason from his junior year to senior year, I mean, you can just see the composure that he has in that offense um, and just distributing the football around. Uh, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball with Jesus Garcia. Demuzio is having another good year. They got it out to Vansicle, had a couple touchdowns in the first half last week. And so Highland offensively, what they were lacking last year, they have it all back this year, and the, and the offense, I think, is really the strength for Highland this year, whereas opposed to the defense was what kind of carried them to that state title last year. Well, they were already very good last year, as you mentioned, the defending 5A state champions. Some of the teams that really want to challenge against Highland this year include the runner-up from a season ago, Coeur d'Alene. They've got a lot to replace, but with the combo of quarterback Cale Edwards and running back Shiloh Morgan, they were able to knock off Gonzaga Prep 28-14 to this week. Also, Bora quarterback Jake Stanley, he impressed again. That's a guy that's going to do big things this season, and I think he's going to go a long way as a quarterback 33 of 43 this week, 423 passing yards. And when you've got receiving targets like Austin Bolt, Ellis Magnuson, and multiple other guys, a lot of good things are going to happen. And Bora, 
Rocky Mountain, you've got Capitol, you've got Mountain View. The SIC, I think, represents a lot of the big challengers this year for Highland as far as the 5A classification goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, outside of Madison, which is really kind of their big stiff competition over in the eastern part of the state, I mean, obviously you have the big four plus Bora this year over in the SIC, which that's that's just going to be a phenomenal set of games and those conference games coming down the stretch in the SIC. I mean, as it is almost every year up in the 5A. But, yeah, I mean, Bora, Bora is really throwing in a wrinkle with that whole uh, conference over there. You just never really know what you're going to get. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting coming down the stretch for sure. We'll keep it in the SIC here and drop down to the 4A classification. Bishop Kelly Valley View was the game of the week, really, uh, statewide level. It doesn't get any better than this. A one-yard touchdown run from Thomas Rizzo with just one second remaining led the Knights to a 46-39 victory over Valley View. It was also the 200th career victory for Bishop Kelly head coach Tim Brennan. And, uh, you know, they only seem to lose a lot of talent from their senior class the year prior, but they reload, and this year they look as good as ever, and that's a real credit to the coaching staff there at BK. Yeah, I mean, Tim Brennan, obviously, is 200 career victory. want to congratulate him on that. But, you know, Bishop Kelly is just one of those historical powers that you have through these classifications. I mean, up, up in the 5A, obviously, you have your Highlands and your Coeur d'Alene's, but Bishop Kelly, especially down in football, they, they are the team to beat in the 4A. And, again, talking about the SIC this year, they have Columbia this week, which is – I don't really know if that's going to be just the first to score 60 is going to win that game or the first one to get 20 is going to win that game. It's just you never really know uh, what you're going to get there. But, yeah, Bishop Kelly is going to be well on the way. They're probably the team to beat in the SIC right now. Well, in Columbia, they can run the ball with anybody. Alamar Alexander, again, 220 yards this week and five touchdowns. He's got 12 touchdowns through two weeks. Right, yeah, I mean, that's through two weeks, especially, kind of says it all right there. And, you know, Columbia, their ability to run the football, they had almost 350 yards on the ground from Alexander last week. And it's just, when you can run the football like that, you can control the clock, kind of pace things out, and play your style game. That just gives you such an advantage over the rest of your competition. Other impressive wins from week two included Middleton knocking off Emmett 63 to nothing, Nampa over CUNA 33 to 8. Century and Idaho Falls, that was a close match. 31-28, to Century went in there to Rafston Stadium and knocked off the Idaho Falls Tigers. And it was thanks in large part thanks to Nathan Manning, their quarterback. 15 for 24, 197 yards and two touchdowns. You've seen him play before, and, man, he is just a good dual-threat quarterback, can do a lot of things well, manages the offense. And the Diamondbacks, as a result of that, are going to be a big contender in the 4A ranks this year. I think Century is going to be one of the bigger sleepers in the 4A. I actually saw Century head coach Travis Hobson at the Highland game uh, last week. I was talking to him about what he thought about his game coming up against Idaho Falls. I said, you know, hey, do you think, you know, what do you, what do you think about this game against Idaho Falls? And he looks at me and he says, I think we're going to beat him. And he, he was right. They beat him 31-28 last week. And you talk about a guy like Nate Manning who – the way he can control a game, and when you have a dual-threat quarterback like him who is just as respectable through the air as he is on the ground, that just does so many other things you can do with your offense. And he's not a guy that's going to go out and throw for 400 yards every week. He'll throw for 200 and then maybe run for another 100. That's just the kind of quarterback he is, and fairly young as well. He kind of got uh, thrown in there at the end of last season. They were kind of running a little bit of a two-quarterback system 
towards the end of last year, but me and my former broadcast partner, Chris Cardona, when we had Century, we kind of noticed that their offense just clicked a little bit better when Nate Manning was in the ball game, and you saw it right. They beat a very, very good Idaho Falls team last uh, last week. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that we've noticed is some of the classifications have had some close games, and some of them have not been all that close. Well, this week, we mentioned it earlier, the 5A, the only team that had a game that was within 10 points that was a 5A school in it was the Madison game. Well, the 3A classification, the only game featuring a 3A school that was decided by less than 14 points was Priest Rivers' win over Riverside, Washington, 22-18 to in that game. And we had a lot of performances like this one. Sugar Salem, my word, 67 to nothing over 2017 runner-up Snake River as, you know, they have really impressed through the first two weeks. I know they fell to Declo in week one, but you cannot count out the Diggers. They were ranked second in the preseason media poll, and I think that was a merited ranking for Sugar Salem. I wouldn't be at all surprised with the way they played last week if they'll be number one when the polls come out here in the next couple days, but it's 67 nothing over Snake. I mean, you, Snake River is not a, a doormat of the 3A classification. That's a team that has been there, been in state tournaments, kind of been right there at the end for a number of years. And for them to go out and just beat the doors off them, 67 nothing last week. When I was kind of looking through scores late Friday night, that was one. I had to double-check it. I was like, 67 nothing. You know, you, you kind of double-check who they played. You double-check the score and things like that. But it was it was an impressive win for Sugar Salem. And, you know, it, I think that also just goes to show how good Declo is. You know, because Declo beat Sugar Salem, like you said, in week one. It kind of came down. It really could have gone either way. Sugar Salem traveled to Declo in that one. Declo was without Keegan Duncan for the second half. I mean, that just shows how good the Hornets are this year. And then for Sugar Salem to come out and – beat them 67 nothing kind of says a lot for Sugar Salem this year. Well, and I think like you mentioned with Snake River falling in their first couple of football games in fairly convincing fashion, you got to look at other teams in their conference and the team to look at is Marsh Valley. Man, mm-hmm. they have really been good in their first couple of weeks and Doug Armstrong has just a really strong defense, a good run game, and they play really smart football. They're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. They held Filer to just 64 total yards offense and forced four turnovers last week. Knocked off the 3A Wildcats 51-6. to Their game that's really going to tell me a lot about the Eagles comes this week against Westside. I think that's one that a lot of people need to have circled on their calendars. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's going to be a really good football game over here on the east side of the state. And You look at Marsh Valley, you look at these teams that take care of the football and win the turnover battle, those are the good teams. Those are the teams that go on and make deep runs in the state tournament. And that's what Marsh Valley's done so far. Marsh Valley, a lot of people thought coming into this year, you know, this might be kind of a breakout team this year. But I don't think a lot of people expected them to be as good as they have been so far. You know, and we've already talked about the matchup of the first and second ranked teams in the most recent media poll for 2A, Declo defeating Aberdeen 22-14 to despite Aberdeen quarterback Matthew Claussen running for 239 yards for the Tigers in that loss. A good effort by their quarterback. Keeping running down the 2A classification, Cole Valley, man, they have been real good the first couple of weeks, outscoring Payette and Wendell 110-0. to That's good defense. That's good offense. That's solid special teams. Everything has been clicking on all cylinders for the Chargers. Watch out for them. Another team to watch out for, North Fremont, 
blew out Teton 56-16. Teton, a 3A playoff team from a year ago. New Plymouth bounced back to shut out Payette in a victory 47-0 in that game. Seth Mauder ran for 160 yards and four touchdowns for the Pilgrims. And then, of course, we had an opportunity this past weekend, not you, but me and myself. Well, that's a great way to put it. Now I'm learning how to talk again live on the show. <laughs> myself, Paul Kingsbury, and Jackson Kingsbury. There we go. That's a little bit better. Had an opportunity to go over to Middleton and do some 1A football. And Raft River, an impressive 74-20 to win over Genesee. And Prairie falling 60-46 to to Valley. Of course, Prairie the defending 1A D1 champions. The thing that stood out to me between those two games was Raft River as they won the championship a couple of years ago. Well, they are back, it looks like, 673 yards of offense, and their defense was not too shabby either. That's going to be a tough team behind Cutler Erickson and Keegan Chatburn. Yeah, I mean, almost 700 yards of offense can kind of say all you really need to say about Raft River this year, and I, I like Raft River too make a run to the state title. I think they do win the state title uh, down there in the 1A classifications. And that's not to say that there's not a bunch of other very good football teams there. I mean, Raft River was ranked fourth in the state media poll last week. And they have Oakley Valley and Prairie who all ranked above them. But, man, if you score if you score as many points as they did last week and rack up 700 yards of offense, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to beat you. You know, and a win that a lot of people probably won't give enough credit for is Kamii defeating Lewis County 42-30. to That's a Lewis County team that I think has real playoff aspirations out of their conference up there. And, uh, you know, it was a nice bounce-back win for Kamii after falling to grace in their opener. Their offensive line really opened up some holes, 361 yards rushing, including quarterback Gabe Eads with 267 of those and five touchdowns. So Kamii, a nice win in their own right. Also, move down to the 1AD2 classification. The game that really might have surprised me the most as far as when I looked at the results, Mackey, they defeated Murtaugh 30-28. Eventual game-winning score following a Jakota Whitworth interception. He brought it back for a touchdown in the third quarter, and that led the Mackey Miners to a victory. Mackey, of course, fell in their opening game, bounced right back. Murtaugh, they beat Horseshoe Bend 48 to nothing. So at this point, we can't really make any kind of educated guesses as to who's going to win these football games because anybody can go out on any given week and knock off their opponent. Yeah, and you've talked about how many teams have come back and won in week two after losing in week one. And that just goes to show you the depth that some of these classifications have, particularly I've kind of seen the lower they go, the more depth they're typically has been. I mean, it's in 2A, you pretty much have a two-horse race between Aberdeen and Declo, but you go down to 1A, I mean, you in D2, you have teams like Cary, Salmon River, Dietrich, you have North Gem, and you have all these other teams that are coming back and bouncing back after a week one loss, coming back in week two, and that just says a lot about the resilience of some of these kids that they have, and really, when you move forward, it shows you that you can't take a week off down in these classifications. doesn't matter who you're playing because they're just getting this momentum going back in their favor. A couple more wins in the 1AD2 classification that stood out to me. Carey over Lighthouse Christian, 34-8. to And Deary over Mullen St. Regis Co-op, 40-18. to Braden Stapleton carried the ball 14 times for 152 yards and three touchdowns 
for Deary in that victory. Well, we'll have more with Lucas coming up later in the show, but next we welcome in the new sports editor of the Idaho Press, Greg Lee, here on Episode 2 of the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter. My name's Jerry, and I smoke for 30-plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. Nearly died, and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Hello, it's Toyota's National Clearance Event. This is Jan. Hi, I just wanted to make sure your clearance event is on because it's our last day of vacation and we're heading over right after. Yes, it's on right now through September 4th. We've got great deals on the remaining 2018 models. Oh, this is crazy! You know what's crazy? Our super low APR financing and incredible lease offers. This is the big one! You're right, it's the biggest event of the year. Toyota, let's go places. Not all customers will qualify, so your participating dealer for details. Welcome back to more of the Idaho Sports Prepcast presented by Project Filter. We're now joined by the sports editor of the Idaho Press, the new sports editor, Greg Lee. Greg, thank you for joining us here today on the Prepcast. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Now, you said new. I'm, I'm old, but I might be new, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're a busy man. You know, discuss that transition. 33 years at the Spokesman Review. Now you're down here in the Treasure Valley working for the Idaho Press. What's the transition like getting to know the new people, the new area, and all those different things after being in one spot for so long? Well, I'm new to the area, but I'm quite familiar with the state, you know, having covered Idaho prep sports since 1984 and and uh, quite familiar with Treasure Valley and certainly Boise in that area. So I arrived uh, July 23rd was my first day of work and we immediately jumped into planning our annual college and high school football tab. And so that was the first big project that I tackled. And in the process of uh, jumping into that, I had to try to get to know my staff writers, you know, BJ Rains who covers Boise State. John Wustrow, who is going to be our Canyon County-focused uh, prep writer, and Brandon Walton, who is covering Ada County. So it's, it's, uh, it's been learning on the run, but uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I am so tickled that I'm here. Yeah, you talk about all of your staff. You have about as experienced of a sports staff as you could possibly have at the Idaho Press, and there's a lot of excitement building up around the recent push that you guys have done there at the Idaho Press to really expand and improve your content. Talk about some of the things that are going on in the newspaper as a whole and then specifically within the sports department there. Well, you know, I was one of about uh, three major hires. Uh, The Idaho Press hired Betsy Russell, who was been a long time uh, ace political writer uh, out of out of Boise and they hired her in middle spring and then they've hired a brand new uh, photo editor and then the last piece of the first phase was to hire a sports editor uh, John Wustro who had been here for 10 years and I think in the last five years in the capacity as sports editor is now the assistant sports editor and, and I value John's wisdom and experience because he's been around here the longest. Uh, B.J. Reigns has been here five years, and Brandon is coming up on three years. So we have an experienced staff, and, and so our aim is is really simple. 
as a sports staff, we want to produce the best comprehensive high school sports and college sports coverage that we can. And uh, we want to impress our readers, and we want them to turn to us for all the latest high school sports and Boise State sports coverage. And so our plan and our mission is really simple. So obviously now that you're down here in the Treasure Valley, you get an opportunity to see a guy that you saw an awful lot when he was playing in high school at Shadle Park, Brett Rippon, the quarterback for the Boise State Broncos. What are some of your favorite memories of you know covering Brett in high school? Well, I covered him for four years. He was a four-year starter. Took over as a starter halfway through his freshman year. He ended up throwing for most yards ever of any high school quarterback at any level in the state of Washington, right at a little over 13,000 yards. And I saw a couple of games where he threw, uh, well, his personal best is 613 yards. He threw for two or three games in the upper 500s. And, uh, you know, he was just impressive as early as he, as a freshman. I mean, he really was. And, and he just progressively got better. And uh, it was fun to watch the recruiting process because, you know, initially the University of Washington, where Chris Peterson, the former Boise State coach, is at, was recruiting Brett. Washington State was recruiting Brett as well. And then, and then Boise State was in involved as well. And it didn't seem like at first that Boise State was really a big player until a guy by the name of Jake Browning, who is currently the starter at uh, University of Washington, gave Washington an oral commitment. And then uh, all of a sudden, Mike Sanford, who was the offensive coordinator at Boise State, really started putting the full court press on Brett. And Brett became very interested in Boise State. And just the track record of the success, the longtime success that Boise State had, and Brett knew that that was the place he wanted to be. And now I'm here, and it's Brett's senior year, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Boy, Jake Browning at Washington, and then you talk about Brett Rippon at Boise State, a couple of top 20 quarterbacks here, and uh, that is good company to say the least. There is just so much talent throughout the state of Idaho. You got to see it a lot when you were working for the Spokesman Review. Now you come down here and you're working for the Idaho Press. And, you know, what's what's it kind of been like trying to come up with all the different things that you're going to do as far as features and sending guys out to games? There's just so much to choose from. How do you come up with where you're going to do it? Well, I can't do it without the input of uh, my staff. And, and so our approach every week is we're going to have one Canyon County feature, prep feature a week, and that can be uh, on a football player, cross-country runner, volleyball player, soccer player, it doesn't matter. And the same goes for Canyon County, which, you know, historically that's the core of where our readership was built. And then uh, we're going to have uh, Game of the Week features for, for uh, Canyon County and Ada County. And then we're going to send Brandon out to the best Ada County game on Friday night and and if there's a game to cover Thursday, he'll do that as well. And then John Wooster will be out covering the best Canyon County game. And then we're always going to be out at the third best game in the area, whether it's a Canyon County game or an Ada County game. And we're going to be out shooting photographs at four high school football games every Friday. So that's kind of our high school approach. And then, you know, B.J. Reigns is all over covering Boise State so we're going to have stuff in the paper every day about Boise State and Brandon Walton is also going to be covering all of the College of Idaho football games so you know our guys are spread out and uh, they're going to be doing a lot of stuff. 
So again, our guest on the phone line is Greg Lee, the new sports editor of the Idaho Press. And obviously a lot of people have seen it. If they've even been, you know, slightly not under a rock here the last few months, they've seen the push of the Idaho Press to start getting people to buy the subscriptions to the paper and, you know, follow you guys online. How can people go about getting a subscription and staying in the know of what's happening in the Treasure Valley area? Well, all they have to do is call us and, uh, you know, if, if they're a first-time subscriber, they get the uh, Idaho Press for $10 a month for the first year, whether they sign up today or sign up next month. They get it for a year at $10 a month, and, you know, that is a bottom-barrel steal. You know, you just can't get a better bargain than that. And by also subscribing to the print product, they get access to the digital product as well because we instituted a firewall a couple of weeks back. So, you know, you only get so many free looks before you have to pay on the uh, Internet. So uh, give us a call. And uh, our subscriptions, our circulation is, is rising daily, and, and that's a good sign. We're happy with that. Hard to beat that $10 a month for great news coverage, sports coverage, everything else that you want to read about in the Treasure Valley. Well, Greg, it's been great having you on today, and we look forward to continuing to work with you even more now that you're down here in our neck of the woods. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. More of the Idaho Sports Prep Cast presented by Project Filter is coming up next as we welcome back in Lucas Gebhardt for our Pick 6 segment and run down which games we'll be at with live broadcast this weekend. Cable One brings high-speed internet to the greatest town on Earth yours now you can get up to 100 megs for just 45 dollars a month for six months no deposit no contract enjoy faster downloads better streaming up to 100 megs 45 dollars a month for six months connecting is easy call 877-687-1427 or visit cableone.net today restrictions apply call cable one for details you play to win the game. I gotta get out of here. I think I'm gonna lose it. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Back for more of the Idaho Sports Breadcast presented by Project Filter. And, well, now we're going to bring back in Lucas Gebhardt, one of our Idaho sports broadcasters. And, Lucas, we're going to do the fun part now. We're going to pick out six games coming up this next week that we think are going to be pretty competitive and pick who we think is going to win, then also throw in an upset out of games not included in these six you ready for this or uh, you know is, is it going to be too much for you <laughs> you know uh these were tough the, the, these six games that that you threw out here were were tough I, I had to do some research here to try to come up with uh who i was going to give an edge to with some of them yeah i was throwing them together and i thought you know maybe next week i should make them a little bit easier for myself because i did not do well in week <laughs> one of the prep cast on the picks i was three for six and i didn't get my upset right our own Matt Harris, who was the guest last week, 5 for 6. He did not get his upset correct as Deary ended up beating Bowen. But you got to you know, tip your hat to Matt. I'm hoping that this week I can get right back into it against the co-host uh, you know, as, as you make your pick. So I'm not wishing you bad luck, but I'm hoping I do better than you. <laughs> well, well, we'll just have to see. Well, let's get into them. Let's see how we do. So here goes nothing. The first game, Bishop Kelly at Columbia, a couple of undefeated teams in the 4A SIC, and this could go either way. Columbia's got Alomar Alexander. They've got a new head coach in John Helmendaler. Mal Bishop Kelly, they've got Tim Brennan as their head coach, a bunch of new kids that have come in and did big things. They're coming off the momentum from last week against Valley View, winning in the last minute. Boy, 
I, I don't know how you pick this one, but I'm going to make you do it first. Who do you got, Lucas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough one. Obviously, Columbia, with the way they run the football with Alexander, I mean, that kind of give, maybe give you an edge for Columbia right there. But I went, I went with Bishop Kelly in this one, uh, mostly because of how Bishop Kelly played last week. And you kind of look at Columbia – and their first two games so far, they, they haven't really played a close game yet this year. They beat Emmett 69-29. to They beat Caldwell 54-14 to last week. Whereas you look at Bishop Kelly, uh, they, they had a big win against Napa 43-21, but then they just barely squeaked by against Valley View. I think this is going to be a close game, and I think that what Bishop Kelly learned from last week will help them moving forward into this week. So I'm giving the slight edge to Bishop Kelly. I think their defense will probably hold Alexander to – under, I don't know, maybe 150, which if they can do that, I think the Bishop Kelly offense is going to be good enough to where they can score enough points. You know, you bring up a lot of good points there, and I think one of the big things that only sways in Bishop Kelly's favor is that winning pedigree that they have built up there under Coach Brennan. There is a lot of reason to like them every single week. He could only pick Bishop Kelly, but I got a chance to hear from Coach Helmendaler this offseason. You can hear the excitement. You can see the excitement on the field, off the field, on their Facebook page. Everything related to Columbia football is all about excitement. And they've got, frankly, what I think is the best player in the 4A classification in the state of Idaho in Alamar Alexander. 12 touchdowns through two weeks. I like Columbia to upset Bishop Kelly, win that football game, and really get themselves on the map even more so than they've already been able to do through two weeks. I was going to say, that, that's not a bad pick right there. I, like I said, it's going to be close, but I just have Bishop Kelly just by a hair. Yeah, and then another one that we like to look at, the 3A classification. We go over to Fruitland. They welcome in Gooding for a big District 4 versus District 3 battle. A couple teams that are only state title contenders. Cameron Anderson and his team led by quarterback Shane Jennings and a whole lot of beef on the line, as well as Caden Loveland from the wide receiver position. They will be a big challenge for Ryan Tracy and his defending 3A state champion Fruitland Grizzlies. I like that matchup. I'll actually be over there calling the game, so I'll cater to you on this one. Yeah, I'm going to take Gooding in this one, and purely because that Shane Jennings to Loveland connection, I mean, that's just all day long for Gooding. That's their bread and butter right there, and a couple big wins so far for getting put up 50 against Parma put up 33 against Weezer this kind of seems like it's Gooding's year down in the 3A it's been Fruitland's year the past couple years with their state titles they've won recently but Gooding just a couple routes the last couple weeks and you know I'm going to take Gooding by a couple touchdowns in this one I think I really like Gooding this year so not just Gooding, but Gooding by a couple of touchdowns is what Lucas goes with. I'll go the other direction. I like Fruitland. I like their quarterback, Cole Aguirre. I think that they've got enough coming back around him to make a, a lot of impressive efforts. They had the week off last week. That only helps as well. They're going to be fresh. On the other side of things, Gooding, they are a strong football team, but they had a tough test against Weezer. That's an underrated Wolverine football team with their running back, Braden Bumgarner, and new head coach, Tom Harrison. So, you know, having to travel in on the road, I like Fruitland, and I think the difference really is being in front of their home fans, not having to ride a bus over there, and uh, I think that those things will make the difference in a close football game. 
Another game we've got on the schedule on IdahoSports.com, a rivalry affair. Burley is at Minico, and the fact that we are even including this on the pick six is a credit to just how big of a turnaround second-year Burley head coach Tony Cade has undergone there for the Bobcats. This is a game that's got people talking already. Yeah, I mean, what Tony Cade has done, not only at Burley, but prior to when he arrived at Burley over at American Falls, really started getting them going in the right direction, and then, of course, took the Burley job. And then you got to give credit to Minico head coach as well, Keelan McCaffrey, and what he's been able to continue what Tim Perico has done for the couple decades he was there prior to that. But this really, to me, we're going to see two coaches in this game, Sven, that I think are going to be, when we look back you know, four or five years down the road, we're going to be talking about these two coaches as two of the best coaches in the state. And I just think these are two very well-coached teams. I got to give the slight edge to Minico here because purely I just think they can run the ball with Colter May just so well. And uh, I, I have to give the slight edge to Minico because I think they're going to control the ball, control possession all day. I like Minico as well. I can't give enough credit to Burley. I saw them last week. Their quarterback, Ethan Gibbons, was fun to watch. They also have a phenomenal defensive backfield from what I was able to see. They're well coached. They have a lot of tough kids, and they're going to win a lot of football games this year that people wouldn't expect them to. Already 2-0 and this season. I just think that this week it's going to be Minico. They're at home. They have that you know, state championship game appearance from last year. And while a lot of those kids that they have on the roster this year may not have been as big of contributors on that team, there were plenty of them. They do have returners back, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And like you mentioned, Coulter May. So with that said, I like Minico in that game. So the other games that we got on the schedule that we'd like to talk about. Well, this one's not on our broadcast schedule, but it's on our schedule of what to talk about on the pick six. Marsh Valley at Westside. We kind of teased this one a little bit earlier. Both teams that like to run smash mouth football, keep it on the ground and just be physical. And uh, it's kind of a toss them up, pick them. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to do just that. Marsh Valley at Westside, who you got? Yeah, this this was a tough one for me. And the the way I decided this was I went back to last year and looked at this matchup. That was a 21-6 to victory for Westside. And I'm going to give the edge to Marsh Valley here this year purely because I think Marsh Valley made more strides in the offseason than Westside did. And so I think they are able to overcome a little bit more through the offseason than Westside did. I just love the way Marsh Valley plays defense and the way they take care of the football. Uh, they're excited about this Marsh Valley team. And I think this game right here against Westside, I think Marsh Valley wins. And I think this is kind of their coming out party this week where everyone says, oh, look, hey, Marsh Valley is on the map now. I picked Marsh Valley as well. I like their head coach, Doug Armstrong. And I just think that in the 3A classification this year, they've got a real shot. I think Westside is going to be a challenger in the 2A as well. But Marsh Valley has just shown so much improvement the last couple of seasons. And uh, I think I have to roll Eagle this time around. So our guest again on the phone line is Lucas Gebhardt, IdahoSports.com broadcaster. We're doing the pick six here, and then we'll also throw in an upset pick. Got two more games left on our pick six so far. Lapway at Genesee. We head up to District 2. Genesee, a big loss last week to Rap River. They fell 74-20. to The Lapway Wildcats, on the other hand, were able to pull out a victory in their football game against Salmon River, so big matchup in the White Pine League. This will be an interesting early season affair. 
Yeah, it will be. And I think this is going to come down to how well the Genesee defense can play this week. Uh, the last couple of weeks, they gave up 72 to Kendrick, 74 to Raft River. Uh, I'm going to go with Lapway in this one just because I don't think the Genesee offense will be good enough to make up for uh, what what this defense has given up the last couple of weeks. You just can't give up 70-plus points and expect to win a football game. I don't think they'll give up quite that much this week, but I just like Lapway to uh, – I think it's going to be close, but I, I like Lapway by a touchdown. One of the big things I noticed for Genesee was they just got absolutely banged up last week, and it's going to be tough to get all their kids back to full strength for this week against Lapway, and as a result of that, I will pick the Wildcats as well in that game. Last game on our tap here for the pick six, Rocky Mountain at Capitol. I like the Grizzlies in this one, and I say it because Rocky Mountain, they came out their first game, 16-6 victory over Mountain View. They blew out Boise last week. Capitol played that same Mountain View team last week. They lost by uh, multiple touchdowns. So, you know, I look at that, and I say Colby Jackson has asserted himself as the quarterback at Rocky Mountain. Nick Romano has done a lot of good things on the ground. The defense is only going to be tough under head coach Chris Kulig, and the offense is slowly starting to get where they need to be, and a lot of that has to do with having Scott Kreiner, their former head coach that led him to a state championship, back on the sideline as the offensive coordinator. So, again, I go with Rocky Mountain over Capitol this week. Yeah, I kind of had a similar train of thought with that one I, I look at Rocky and what they did against Mountain View in that opening week it, it held them to six points I mean Mountain View is a team that is used to scoring a lot more than six points they uh, were ranked third in the state media poll even even got a first place vote uh, heading into last week but you know that's a very good Mountain View school and I think that just goes to show how good this Rocky Mountain defense really is and so I went with Rocky as well. Kind of from that standpoint, I think they're very well coached. They have a lot of depth behind that uh, on on the sidelines, not only with coaching staff, but with the players. They just have kids among kids among kids just coming in in waves like that. But, yeah, I I like Rocky, but I'm going to go with a couple touchdowns here. And full disclosure here, I did pick Capital to beat Mountain View last week, so I really do believe in what Capital has at their disposal. I like their quarterback Ryan Gibbs and the weapon or Ryan Hibbs, excuse me, and the weapons around him. But this week, I think Rocky Mountain is going to be just a little bit too much for him there at Donald Larson Park on Friday in a game that'll be broadcast on IdahoSports.com. So there's our pick six. We had BK at Columbia, Gooding at Fruitland, Burley at Minico. Marsh Valley at Westside, Lapway at Genesee, and Rocky Mountain Capital at Donna Larson Park. It's now time for our extra point, so to speak. We go out and we pick one game that was not among those six, and we pick it as our upset pick of the week. Lucas, you said that you had a lot of different ones that you were searching between. Which one did you settle on? The one I, I settled on here, I'm going to go with the out-of-state team to beat Coeur d'Alene this week. I, I picked Mead Washington High School. Uh, to beat Coeur d'Alene. And the reasoning behind this is is Meade beat Post Falls 50-21 to last week. And Coeur d'Alene, their offense this year to me just doesn't seem as sound as it was last year. Uh, I noticed that when I had their game against Rigby a few weeks ago, they had some trouble taking care of the football. They can move the ball, but they can't take care of it as much as they have in the past. So I think Coeur d'Alene will be turnover prone this week, and I think Meade gets them. 
you know, and I've got to ask a follow-up question on that in order to do my due diligence here as the host of the show. So I know that one of our buddies from college, he played offensive line at Idaho State, Chase Collins, a yeah. college yeah. offensive lineman, and uh, one of my neighbors actually in college, he played high school football at Meade. So does that have anything to do with your upset pick there? <laughs> it, it didn't. I didn't connect the dots there until uh, you pointed, pointed it out. The, the pure standpoint, I was just kind of searching through. I said, okay, what, what top five team here is susceptible to a loss? And the one I settled on was Coeur d'Alene purely because I just don't see what they have offensively. I don't think it's quite as good as they had last year. And you got to take care of the football to win games, and I just don't think that they're a team – uh, that can take care of the football enough to win some games. Okay, I just had to see if you were going to start doing the ISU fight song there or, or what exactly <laughs> was going on on your line of thinking. So it, it's okay. I just I just had to ask because Chase is one of my favorite guys out there. So I'm going to pick a off-the-grid upset pick, and, and this goes because I, I like 1A football. So I'm going to go down, and I'm going to pick a game that we're broadcasting this week. Salmon River is at notice. Salmon River is a team that a lot of people think is going to be right in the mix. Sydney 1AD2 ranks as a state title contender. And Notice is a team that not a lot of people are talking about. I think the Notice Pirates and first-year head coach Joe Woodland have an opportunity to beat Salmon River this week. So my upset pick will be Notice over Salmon River. So, again, I went completely off the grid. I don't think anybody's going to pick that, but I just did. So if Notice wins, I'll look smart for once. Yeah, that uh, that was not one of the ones that I had circled, so to speak, when I was searching through to try to pick one. But it, that's definitely off the grid there, so I commend you for that. Well, I had to go <laughs> off the grid because last week I thought I made an easy selection. I picked Centennial over Skyview, and that did not work out well. So the Skyview Hawks, shout out to you. You made me eat my words. Fantastic performance last week. You guys look really good. As we look at what we've got coming up this week for a broadcast schedule, Mountain View is at Boise Donalarson Park. On Thursday, 7 o'clock for the kickoff, our Friday slate of games. Burley at Mitico, Chalice at Grace, Declo is at Kimberly, Gooding at Fruitland, Idaho City at Council, Lapway at Genesee, Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen will have the call for that one, 7 o'clock Pacific time on the kickoff. North Fremont at Aberdeen is our East Idaho game night, co-sponsored by Z103. Rocky Mountain against Capital is at Donna Larson Park. And again, Salmon River at Notice. The Sven Elskog upset special of the week is slated for 7 o'clock Mountain Time right here on IdahoSports.com. Well, Lucas, it has been a ton of fun having you on today. We got our pick six out of the way. We take a look at what happened last week. And, uh, you know, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, uh, it's been fun coming on the podcast, so thanks for having me. So for my guest this week, Greg Lee of the Idaho Press, Lucas Gebhardt of IdahoSports.com, my name is Sven Elskog, thanking you for listening to another edition of the Idaho Sports PrepCast presented by Project Filter. Project Filter.